Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. We're happy to have everybody joining us this week once again. And today we have a large range of topics. Surprisingly, there was a ton of news on this random offseason week. Uh, the Jets are officially fielding trade offers for Sam Darnold, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about how this impacts the Chicago Bears. The Bears officially cut Buster's crime. We're going to talk about how they improved their cap position and also uh, who's going to be filling in for Buster's crime. Following that, we're going to be getting into the Bears reportedly planning to tag Allen Robinson um, and how that might look out, and then also Allen Robinson potentially trying to force the Bears to trade him. We're going to get back into talking a little bit about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and really the two major quarterbacks who seem to have potential interest in the Chicago Bears. Finally, we're going to be talking about Drew Brees potentially not retiring and the possibility of him playing for another team. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, We apologize for the late upload of the last podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed this one. Bear down and enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. First off, want to apologize for getting the podcast off late last week. Well, it actually kind of turned into this week, so you guys are going to have like two podcasts to listen to. We're sorry about that. I'm typically the one that handles some of the editing on the podcast platform. I got super busy this week, and it seems like we missed an upload date for like the first time in like forever, probably like almost like 30 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I've been like really busy this past this past week, too. It's just been kind of hectic. So I think that it kind of just hit us both at the same time. And, you know, we weren't able to really push through it. But hey, you know what? I guess we can't be perfect. We can always improve, improve on things. So, yeah, hopefully we can get back to giving you guys, you know, consistent content, you know, moving forward with this podcast. Yeah. And here's the thing is like, when, when I was doing that, once it got towards like Monday-ish, I was almost considering not even posting the podcast, honestly, because I was like, some of this news, that's the hard thing with this industry is it's like the news is so timely and it's like, <laughs> if you like even miss a upload date by a day or you never know how right after you end the podcast, how things are going to go. And just turned out that last week, right after we turned off the podcast, the next day, uh, immediately a ton of news popped up. And that's just, you know, sometimes how it goes uh, when it it comes to that podcasting game, specifically in what we do here. Uh, Have to admit, you know, listen to the last podcast. Wasn't as happy with that one as I've been with a couple past ones. Um, I feel like you know, one of the weird things about the content creation is that you'll get done. So, you know, sometimes it does feel like a job. Sometimes, you know, if you're super busy and you have a ton of other stuff going on with work, school, whatever that may be, you actually have to kind of hop on and do it. And I, I felt like you, you could tell we were both maybe a little bit stressed out on the last one and it wasn't flowing as smoothly. Uh, but, you know, this one is going to be the best one we've posted in a while. And that's what we've always done. We've always, if we have like a, a little bit poor of a podcast that performs not as well, we always follow it up with the best podcast we ever created. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, very much with sports where it's a very human thing, you know, emotions are expressed out. You know, when we hop on the podcast, a lot of times, you know, kind of the way that we'll give our takes can be based a lot on what our emotions are at the time. You know, I'm sure when we're really happy, we're giving very optimistic takes. And when we're kind of feeling a little bit down in the dumps about the Bears, we're probably, you know, maybe not having the best of week or just having a busy schedule. So 
it's just how it works out. I mean, that's kind of what makes it great and probably gives, you know, even though maybe this isn't the best podcast, I mean, it's a little bit of variety, I guess, you know, a little change right. up in there. Right. And uh, for the, you know, the comment of the week that we had on our YouTube channel, we did a little video about Russell Wilson. We're going to be talking about him a little bit further on in the podcast. One of my favorite, one of my favorite comments I was left. I'm not, I, I, I can't remember the person who left it, but they said, not happening. Move on to the next storyline. And you know, that just, that, that felt like such a typical, you know, <laughs> abused bears fan comment. <laughs> I, I got a, a decent reply in the comments. <laughs> I, you know, it was pretty funny. And they said that, uh, I was making a comment about Mustafer. I said, that, you know, if they picked up a tackle uh-huh. and a center, I think you highlighted the reply. <laughs> I was like, if I got a, if they got a tackle in the center, they'd be way well off. And like, clearly you don't watch the Bears. You know, the Bears don't need a center. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, actually you're right. I don't. I do this podcast and I, I don't ever watch the games. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite one is the ones that like don't even know how to criticize you the ones that come out like overly critical and they just don't even know how to criticize you so they're like you don't know football <laughs> you know they're they're, they're just like non-coherent like yeah. arguments you know it's it's funny honestly uh we i mean honestly we appreciate constructive criticism that's yeah, one of the 100%. you know best best things about sports right is that I have podcasters that I listen to personally and uh, I agree with them on nearly nothing that they say about the bears. But at the same time, it's, it's a weird thing where, you know, obviously probably very few of our listeners agree with either me or you 100% of the time, but it's taking part in that conversation. That's why I really enjoyed the switch, the the push that we we've had for YouTube recently is that we've been able to interact with a lot more of our content listeners and it's not as much a one-way conversation, you know, it's, it's kind of more of a two-way conversation. And so that's why I think the YouTube, uh, the, 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 the putting the content on YouTube, not just Apple podcasts has really taken the show to a different dimension than it was at once before. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, honestly, kind of getting back on like that criticism note, 100%, I do like to see it. And not even just on differing opinions. Like, I 100% understand why people wouldn't, wouldn't agree with either of us because, mm-hmm. you know, people just see things in a different way. So I understand, you know, when people have different opinions on that front. But also, I feel like another good thing is a lot of our frequent commenters, like, I feel like the one that pops in my mind is like TK Lifestyle or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, he comments all the time. Really appreciate him. Our frequent listeners, though, but they're the ones that like they help kind of bring in some of that criticism, which is, is good. You know, I, I feel like, you know, since they're listening so much, I get a good readout and, you know, what we could do better. And, you know, it's definitely mm-hmm. something that goes noticed. It's not unnoticed. Yeah, 100%. We love interacting with you guys. Uh, if you comment a lot, we also, you know, will will even like thank you for commenting because it really does help our our algorithm and helps us grow and helps us you know financially it's going to help us bring you guys better content because uh you know (laughs) the more money the podcast makes the more money we can you know throw into the podcast which we've been talking about that consistently why we're taking sponsorship deals uh, and and everything like that and with that uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our sponsor manscaped nfl draft season is upon us and it's possible that you might have trevor lawrence's haircut 
in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. For all my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% offer code uh, with bare necessities as the code at manscaped.com. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure that the Lawnmower 3.0 can help you get your D back. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is a perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the jobs here? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code bare necessities at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code bare necessities. Make sure you guys check that out in the description as well. It's te- It's the time your team... <laughs> oh, man. It's time you Just turn get through it. team <laughs> in your pants They're already around. tired <laughs> about hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, they've already tuned out. <laughs> Why not? But that's right. Make sure you guys check that out in the description because I know spelling necessities out can be, you know, a big mouthful and can be easy to kind of miss some of those S's or put that C in the wrong place or whatever. So make sure you guys are getting yeah. that right so that, you know, you guys are able to get that deal. Yeah, we should probably alter that code going forward because that's a pretty inconvenient code to enter. But we appreciate you guys using that for us. You know, honestly, like we, we've talked about in the past, we're not going to take sponsorship deals from not from places who are either shady companies or, you know, not actually decent products. And they sent us over a bunch of their products so far, man. Again, we talk about it frequently. Their stuff has been pretty damn good. Like, like the, the lawnmower 3.0, man, that, that thing is pretty good. Again, I'm a huge fan. I'm honestly probably going to get some more of them. Uh, they're, their moisture wicking underwear or or whatever that may be that amazing amazing underwear literally i wear athletic underwear all the time when i'm running or uh you know playing basketball whatever can't really play too much basketball right now but it's really like really high quality underwear and and that's why i'd recommend they even have like a subscription service on all their stuff as well Uh, so if if you guys you know wouldn't mind please at least check out their products for us again if you use the code that's going to help the podcast financially going forward and in the end if you're gonna if you're looking for any kind of grooming products already or have a little bit of extra money hanging around and want to support your favorite podcasters getting something from them will definitely do that going forward yeah, and even the shirt, honestly, I wore that for the first time a little while back, and it's probably the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn. And yeah, you know, I very feel like nice. I've had some nice like soft cotton shirts, but you kind of forget that you're wearing it. It's kind of how comfortable it is. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it's really over the top. You can tell that they definitely like focus a lot on the comfort of their clothing items and on the technology. Um, you know the the shirt i mean i wore the shirt funny enough golfing with some of my friends uh your balls will thank you it has it right on the back yeah <laughs> so uh it, it's it's a pretty funny shirt if you guys are interested in it um you know maybe going forward we're going to need to incorporate some bare necessities merch as well uh but i guess that will be something we do later on all right well let's go ahead and get into the first football topic guys the jets are currently fielding offers for sam darnold 
Uh, they've made it kind of clear that they're not going to be super interested in trading him until an offer kind of blows them away. I mean, that's what every single team says. Uh, I'm sure that it, it's, it definitely seems like they are looking to move on from Darnold and the fact they will end up going quarterback through the draft. Uh, I don't blame them. You know, they're probably looking at drafting Zach Wilson there, um, who's a hell of a player uh, and absolutely deserving of that second overall pick. Uh, but Sam Darnold... He's also a quarterback that when he came out, had a lot of people really raving about him. You know, always when he was at USC, really renowned for his processing ability, his playmaking ability, uh, what he could do outside of the pocket, kind of making plays. He always kind of has reminded me of like a Philip Rivers-esque quarterback in the way that he plays. Um Clearly doesn't have quite the the arm angles that yeah, that Phil Rivers. Better when it comes to the technical part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, it worked. It worked for Rivers up until this past season, past two seasons, whatever. Um, but again, the Bear Sam Darnold is someone who the Bears are definitely interested in, and the fact that the Jets are officially talking to the media about trading him could mean that if the Bears are looking to trade for him, uh, that that could happen very soon. What would your initial thoughts be on the bears trading for Sam Donald? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a very practical option, like, you know, right up there with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater in my eyes, like this is definitely a direction I could see the bears going in. And, you know, I do have my reservations. I mean, how can you not? I mean, he's someone that, you know, last year did not have a great season. Um, you know, you can blame as much of that on Adam Gase as you want. But we have to be real. You know, it's not like he performed very well and, you know, his rest of the team around him were bad. I mean, they were a very bad team and, you know, he played bad as well. But, you know, he probably was a victim of circumstance. I mean, Adam Gase, as a head coach in this league, does not have a good track record at this point. Um, Like you said, he came in the league with, you know, very, you know, since Andrew Luck, I think, you know, he probably was the the biggest standout. I know he technically wasn't the first quarterback mm-hmm. taken overall that Baker was taken over him, but you know, still, at least in my eyes at that point, I was like, okay, you know, Sam Darnold, he's the quarterback of this class, you know, someone that, you know, had a great college career, honestly had a couple decent, you know, seasons you know, with the Jets, you know, had some good moments. I'd say look pretty promising, but you know, kind of like Carson Wentz, you know, this season, past season put a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. I think that, you know, he's definitely someone that could benefit from a change of scenery. You know, is he a potential franchise quarterback? I'm not sure, but, you know, would he raise the play that the Bears had, you know, from this year to last year? I think we'd get a bit better of an offense with him at the helm. You know, I I think it's definitely possible, you know, just based on his football IQ. But, you know, like I said, you know, leading on before I, you know, kind of rambled on and on is that you know i'm not a hundred percent sold but at the same time for what you'd be giving up for him it it might just be worth it to take the shot yeah exactly and when we're talking about you know we like to talk about the percentage game here on the podcast i'm willing to almost say that probably the only quarterback that's like left realistically available like like you you could get your hands on him uh like pretty much if you wanted him is probably Sam Darnold. He's probably the only one that has the actual chance of becoming a franchise quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be that. I mean, he's shown a lot of issues with his play. Uh, A lot of that obviously can be attributed to that Jets roster. But hey, 
you don't necessarily know. Sometimes these young quarterbacks, when they go through a beating like Sam Darnold has uh, on a crappy team, sometimes when they go to their next team, sometimes they, you know, excel like Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase previously. But sometimes they're also just too beat up really mentally to ever come back from that. You have to realize that a lot of these quarterbacks until the point that they've hit the NFL, their entire lives, they've been the guy on the team. You know, they've always been the star player and they haven't had to face a whole bunch of adversity. When the NFL comes, it really starts to test players ability to handle adversity and, you know, how they the the thing that sucks is if you're a good quarterback you're going to go to a pretty crappy team and that is part of the equation when it comes to why so many quarterbacks are busts you know it's just sometimes team fit is even more important than the actual talent that a player has so for Sam Darnold the real question that we're going to have to look at is can you just like bring him back to where he was when he was coming out of USC and then have him grow beyond there? Or is that, you know, star USC quarterback who had USC in the top five uh, in in college football, can, is he still there? Is that guy still there? Or is it just, you know, a, a guy who has been really mentally abused in the NFL when it comes just, to just another quarterback. Bus what, quarterback, you know, kind of. Yeah, what the Jets did to Sam Darnold is criminal. You know, it, it's it's it is one of the most mishandled quarterback situations that have occurred. It's like what the and Bears did that, to Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> that, hey, that's what our, our listeners would like to see, but I, I'm on the boat that I feel like Trubisky has had a little bit more chances than people want to say. Uh, we, we don't have to get me. into it, but what I, what I will say is that you made a really good comparison. I think it was last podcast. Um, you know, with another, you know, fellow USC quarterback, and that's Carson Palmer. I, I can see him having mm-hmm. a very similar career trajectory to that. Because when you look at when Carson Palmer came out of the league, uh, or came out of college, he was actually sat his first year. But when he was with the Bengals, you know, he kind of had mm-hmm. an up and down career. Even though he had weapons, you know, had TJ Hushmanzada, had Ocho Cinco, of course. And then, you know, gets a chain of scenery and probably plays his best football in Arizona on the back half of his mm-hmm. career and, and kind of goes out, you know, leaving that better taste in people's mouths as far as how good of a quarterback he was. And Carson Palmer by no means is a Hall of Fame quality quarterback. But, you know, you look at some of those Bears teams in the past and you're like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. maybe in that like 2011 year, you know, Carson Palmer's a quarterback. I don't know. Oh, how yeah. do those teams stack up, you know, compared to how Jay Cutler would have done. So, you know. Maybe Sam Donald is just someone that can bring this team over the hump a little bit. I mean, every analyst out there will tell you that the Bears just need a somewhat competent offense. And I would love to have something more. I would love to have a franchise quarterback that, you know, and the Bears have the highest scoring offense in the league. I would love that more than anything. But at this point, you kind of just want to get it to that point where this team can at least mix it up and contend. Hey, I'm telling you, if that 20, what was it, 2018 Bears team had a, a had a Carson Palmer like quarterback <laughs> on that roster. And I'm talking, I'm talking about Arizona, like four or five years before he retired, you know, yeah. what was it like four years before he retired when he was making trip after trip to the playoffs, given he was in Bruce Arians offense, had Larry Fitzgerald with him, had a good defense, but still you put that quarterback <laughs> on that 2018 bears team and they're going to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't even think that's like, 
debatable. The, the Rams were pathetic in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, they they beat the Saints, who we don't really know, and the Eagles team was was pretty that beat us was pretty close to beating that Saints team as well. I just I think that if you even have that level, but again, we can't live in 2018. This team is a very different yeah. team than in 2018. They're at least you know, they're Donald, at least scoring more than 20 points in that wild card game. That's for sure. <laughs> Dar- yeah, yeah. Darnold, you know, he has that in him. He has that. You know, I don't even want to say Alex Smith because I feel like Alex Smith is kind of selling him short for his physical ability. But he has that talent where. If he goes to another team after the Jets and starts playing pretty decently, I don't think too many people will be shocked, you know? And that's what I think the intrigue is with Darnold is like, okay, you bring in, God, Alex Smith. God, that's I a good comp, though, you know, too. That, Honestly, the Alex Smith comp is probably like, uh, he's probably like the floor, right? Like the worst mm-hmm. case scenario, I think Sam Darnold turns out to be an Alex Smith. And Alex Smith almost had an MVP season the year after they drafted Patrick Mahomes. The the year Patrick Mahomes was sitting, Alex Smith had such a great season. And he was in MVP talk. I don't think he deserved the MVP, but that's how good that Chiefs offense was when Nagy was there. But God, I do not want Alex Smith at this point. He's been a great comeback no story. Yeah. But but like also with his like leg swelling up and stuff, like you I don't know. I just don't think that's a good situation for the Bears to get themselves into. But Sam Darnold, you know, he's one of the few options where it's like, if you bring him in, you might actually have a chance of getting your guy in a non-traditional way. And I just don't see that very much available. Even with like Marcus Mariota, I really like, you know... Marcus Mariota is up there. You know, he he might have like a little bit of a chance of get becoming that retread, but I just feel like Donald has a much better chance. But I mean, that's all I really have to say about the topic. Do you have anything else, Reese? Yeah, I mean, I'll just finish off saying that, you know, as far as Mar- Mar- Mariota, you know, I think we've seen, we know who he is at this point. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see anything better. So when you're bringing him in, I think you'd have to just basically expect the performance that he's given teams in the past. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he'd be an awful option, but, you know, I, I think you take Donald over Mariota, you know, when you're given the choice, which Definitely. they do. Have. And, and, and yeah, and the, and the trade compensation, I don't think it would be that bad either. If he doesn't work out, you can just move on from him next year. If he's awful, you'll probably have one of the top picks in the NFL draft. And then it's, you know, you can go out and get another quarterback. Um, but you know, let's go ahead and move on. The bears actually cut Buster Scrine. We were talking about that in the last podcast, if I remember correctly about how they, how they may potentially, uh, cut him. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it, it it makes sense to me. Buster Scrine, he started getting injured towards the end of last season. Uh, when he left, we didn't really see huge downgrade. We have a couple young guys on the roster, like Duke Shelley, and Kendall Vildor, I actually think that Kendall Vildor is probably going to be the one taking over the slot position. Uh, I think he played significantly better than Duke Shelley personally uh, when he was on the field. We were also really big on Kendall Vildor uh, before last draft on the podcast. I think both of us at one point had him mocked to the Bears in, in a similar round to where he went. Um, you know, he's a really, he's a really good corner and it's a shame because he is slightly undersized, which is why I think he is going into the slot cornerback position. Um, I think he's like five, nine, five, 10. 
uh, I think more like five, nine. So he, he is a little bit undersized and you know, the undersized guys tend to do a little bit better in the slot. Um, so that's who my prediction will be to fill it, but also just a move that creates a little bit of cap space for us. Yeah. And you know what? I don't have any problems with this at all because I, I did like Scrun. I think that especially in his first year here, he played, he was a very valuable player on that defense. I will say mm-hmm. in, in 2019, you know, 2020 kind of showed that we don't really need him. Uh, like you said, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vilder, mm-hmm. you know, most are more so on the Vilder side. I, I just like the game. I mean, honestly, he played decently in, on the outside when he had to, but especially when he was playing in, in nickel, you know, he did great. I think he just has great discipline as far as where what it means to be in coverage. He doesn't really ever float off. He's usually in the right position. Um, and has some pretty good ball skills. You know, I forget what game it was, but he definitely should have had a pick. Like, he read it perfectly and just managed to drop it. But he's someone that, you know, definitely shows some upside. And, you know, when you have a younger option, you definitely want to exercise it, especially in today's NFL where mm-hmm. things are so cap-strapped. When it's just going to be – if it's either going to be level or just a bit of a downgrade, you're going to take the, the extra cap space 100% of the time. Yeah, go for it. And, and you know, v- Vildor has a way higher ceiling than Scrine has. People, you know, Scrine wasn't great, but he wasn't bad either. Like, I feel like there's like a perception. There's always this perception with corners that they're just worse than they are because like, hey, if you get targeted, like, you know, it's not. The hard thing with, with playing corners, a lot of it has to do with the scheme that you're in. And I just think that Chuck Pagano's defensive back the way he schemed up his defensive backs were just like less than stellar. And I think he partially suffered from that. Um, but yeah, no, no issue, no issue cutting Strand, especially as someone who's a big Kendall Vildor fan. Uh, really quickly, I want to add in that the Chicago bears also added uh, former Texas head coach, Tom Herman yeah. to the coaching staff. Uh, my reaction to that. Okay. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You know what? Honestly, if you want to look at the very bright spot, if you just want to be overly optimistic about it, you go, man, what he did with those teams in Houston was pretty special, and he got those players playing at a very high level and a very unique Mm -hmm. system of offense. So, hey, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Someone that potentially has a really good offensive mind didn't really do do too well at Texas, but that's a position that not many coaches have done well at, and it's a very high-profile job in college football. So I don't know if we can completely fairly judge his at least offensive mind based off of that. So you never know. It could be something that potentially turns out to be a, a good move. I, re- I I do really appreciate Matt Nagy's desire to bring in just as much offensive, as many offensive minds as possible. Uh, to this Bears team you know there's a lot of coaches in the NFL and I feel like people don't really understand this but like the NFL to an extent is an ego game same with college football there's a you you when you're in this industry you deal with a lot of people who have really high egos and you understand it because a lot of them are former players a lot of them you know they're you just a lot of the people who are attracted to the job are like obsessed over winning and you know being the best so it makes sense how how it can kind of come about and a lot of head coaches are almost like afraid to bring in a diverse set of minds that may or may not like be looked upon well in the organization because those could be potentially guys to replace them and they view it as more of a threat than you know, an added component. So I have to say, I, I appreciate Matt Nagy's ability to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I think that in today's NFL, though, you kind of have to be that way. I think it's getting to the point where, you know, mm-hmm. offenses are they're becoming more complex, but they're also becoming more simplistic at the same time, especially in just the way they scheme against defenses, you know, emphasizing quick reads and, you know, generally quicker play calls. Just everything's trying to be as efficient as possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what, but in that pursuit to become more efficient, you know, that's where the complexities come in. So I think that, you know, some of these best teams in the league right now have, you know, just loads of, you know, great minds working for them. I mean, you know, I think the Andy Reid tree is always looked at as something where he's developing a lot of these people, but he's also bringing in a fair amount of people as well. And you also look at, uh, what's his name? Uh, the McVeigh is doing with the Rams mm-hmm. too. He's definitely someone that usually surrounds himself, even though he's kind of technically supposed to be the head guy that, you know, is the offensive mm-hmm. genius. Yeah, definitely. And let's move on to really the first major bit of bears news. Uh, Ryan Pace pretty much came out in his press conference and said that he wants to keep Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's a good player. He wants to keep good players. And Ian Rappaport was reporting as well that he expects the Chicago Bears to tag Allen Robinson. Now, Robinson is currently looking for a contract over $20 million a year. Uh, we we can get into whether or not he's worth that right now. Um, I think there is some questions regarding Robinson that a lot of Bears fans don't want to bring up. Uh, like, hey, how did you manage to get three balls ripped out of your hands for interceptions this past year? But we don't need to get into that. Um <laughs> Just a little and, and Rob, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, but Robinson, he, he's been liking also a lot of posts relating to, you know, what he would do if he's tagged, saying that he, or essentially liking posts signifying that Al Robinson could get tagged and traded, um, traded to the Jets or something like that. And, and he pretty much has made the sentiment known that, hey, if he comes back to the Bears and they work out a long-term deal, he'll be happy to return. Yet, at the same time, if it's on the franchise tag, it doesn't seem like he's going to play on that. It seems like he is pretty, in my eyes at least, he's pretty lockstep in the thought that he will not play on this franchise tag. And he may, in fact, demand a trade if given the opportunity. Yeah, everything's pretty lockstep here. I think that, you know... Anyone that read the language of the press conference with Ryan Pace will see that, you know, he basically said everything he could that Allen Robinson is going to get tagged without saying that Allen Robinson is going to get tagged. I mm-hmm. mean, it was very leading language to that point. Um, and it looks like Allen Robinson, you know, he's standing pretty firm that, you know, he's not necessarily going to be happy about that and hasn't said that he's going to hold out, but, you know, isn't bothered with the possibility of getting traded on the tag. You know, like you said, the Jets, you know, I know specifically he liked, you know, something with them. I think this is a couple of times that he's done that with Jets. Um, and or he's just going to hold out, you know. <laughs> Imagine the world when a player wants to go to the Jets. <laughs> I, I know they're kind of technically could be building a new thing, but it does seem very odd to me that, you know, you'd want to if you'd want to step up from where you are, that the Jets aren't really quite that team. You know, I think that it definitely just seems like 
the tag and trade seems like a very likely thing in my mind at this point. I, I would be shocked if he doesn't end up getting tagged and then traded. And I know one thing that I saw was, you know, does he go to the Jets on a tag and trade and the Bears get Darnold back? You know, personally, I'd like to see more than just that. I think that that would be technically an overpay, even though he is just on the tag and they'd probably have to sign him to a bigger contract. Um, you know, we could get into that at a different time, but you know, there's, there's some options, you know, if they do end up tagging and trading him, which I think is likely, I mean, there's definitely gonna be a lot of, you know, interested teams. And another interesting statement he made is that, you know, 31 other teams would give him, you know, this kind of contract, you know, it's just not the bears that aren't, you know? Yeah. And I, here's the thing is I don't necessarily even know that that's true. Real, truthfully, like, I don't know if, I don't believe the perception of Allen Robinson in the NFL is as good as fans make it out to be. Um, I mean, we have to think that he's switched teams twice. He or he could be switching teams twice. And typically players like that, there's a reason why they switch. Now, we know Allen Robinson off the field is a really good dude. Uh, you know, say says he's very meticulous. People in the Bears organization say that he's very meticulous in the way that he studies the game prepares for games he's a good mentor for young players um but at the same time it's kind of one of those things where you can't really point to the reason why but the fact that he switched teams a couple times kind of makes you wonder uh if like schematically teams just don't view him as as much of an asset as other players um i do still like alan robinson and i hope that he stays around as the as a bears player but if we can trade him and if we can get like a first round pick which some people are saying is a possibility i'm I'm down for that <laughs> i'm down for getting a first round pick for alan robinson yeah I, because i just don't think the bears are going to sign him to a bigger deal so it's kind of just like you're going to get the best of what you're going to get back mm-hmm. and you know if i ended up being a, that first round grade then you know that's fine and, and, and looking back at alan robinson's career i mean I'm not really saying that he's fallen off or anything. Of course he hasn't. I think he's still playing, you know, probably some of the best football of his career. But mm-hmm. it's really odd that when you look at the numbers, he had better seasons prior to the injury in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles as quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's when he still put up his best numbers. And yeah. I, I know a lot of people like to argue that, you know, it's Trubisky that's held him back. That's why he doesn't look like this dominant, you know, receiver, why he doesn't put up, you know, even gaudier stats, even though he puts up really good numbers. You know, and it's like, well, you know, I know Blake Bortles was like decent for like kind of like a year, but still it was Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Like it, that was no great quarterback and he was putting up better numbers with him. So it's just kind of interesting if you look at the kind of the way his career has been trending. And what we saw with Allen Robinson is that he primarily served the, you know, the RPO role where he would go like 10 yards on an in route and get that easy completion, depending on the, which way the linebacker would go. So you kind of wonder, I I would really like to see some advanced stats on how much of his production was made off of things like that, where it's almost like anybody can almost play that, (laughs) you know, like, like so many receivers can do that. Um, And, you know, I, I, again, I like Allen Robinson. I think that best case scenario, the Bears can get him on a deal that is worth his value. Uh, but when I look at like $20, $22 million a year, I just don't know if it's... It just, to me personally, it does not make sense to sign a player to that long-term extension worth that much. That's, by the way, how much Khalil Mack is getting paid. 
I just don't know if it makes sense to sign a player to that contract when at the same time, the offense has been so terrible every single year. And he has been somewhat of a bright spot, but I more view him as a player that's like Mr. Reliable. Like you can make, like he's going to be there when you need him. He's going to, you know, kind of just be that guy that if you throw it to him, you can count on him for catching it. He has some really good hands. Uh, at times uh, when it doesn't come to getting the ball ripped out of them for an interception. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, again, I like Robinson, but honestly, if the Bears could get like a first round pick in return and they could like package that to either move up for a new quarterback or trade for a quarterback, that seems like a pretty good situation to me. I mean, if you end up with a pick on a tag and trade that's in the first round and damn, even if they end up getting, you know, a tackle, <laughs> I'd be happy. If you end up with something that's going to improve mm-hmm. this team, I, I, bottom line is right now for this Bears team in their current cap situation, it does not make sense to sign Robinson to that big of a deal because long it, it's term. just going to hurt the team long term. They just they simply can't afford it right now. They can't, mm-hmm. as much as it would be great, you know, it would be great if the Bears could keep Allen Robinson around, especially with the prospect of bringing in a new quarterback. I get that. You know, to have that solid weapon there is good. And you want, you know, the best Bears team is looking to contend next year anyway, so they'd want to keep Allen Robinson on. But the thing is, it's just the numbers. They're just not going to – it just doesn't work for this team right now in their current situation. They need flexibility. And flexibility needs to be emphasized above all, especially when it comes to – but people potentially looking at trading for a quarterback and stuff like that, where there's these massive cap hits that could be incurred by the team. Um, so I, I think that the tag for now makes sense. Uh, even if you keep him around for a little bit, just to kind of make sure he doesn't hit free agency. And then once you figure out your quarterback, you, you make your decision then, which is the what I think the Bears are trying to do, truthfully. I think that's why they haven't had contract negotiations with him is because they understand that the very first and foremost thing that they need to do is figure out this quarterback situation before they can even think about extending a receiver to a $20 million a year contract, which makes perfect sense. So I, you know, I think Allen Robinson, once the quarterback is figured out, might potentially find himself in contract negotiations with the bears again for a long-term deal. Uh, But you know, for right now, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense for the Bears to shell out that $20 million contract if they have no clue who's going to be throwing to them. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a circumstance based off of the pickle that the Bears organization put themselves in. And, you know, this is really kind of mm-hmm. the only way they can handle it is by being very ambiguous and, and by being quiet and, and icing out their, their star receiver. Exactly. All right, well, let's move on. Free agency opens on March 17th, two weeks from right now when we're recording it. Reports are that the week or so prior to free agency are going to be an absolute massacre in the NFL as far as news and movement. I think we've already kind of seen some of this moving on with the J.J. Watt news, um, just how many quarterbacks we've seen moved. I mean, this offseason has been wild, Uh, you know, be it just kind of the way the free agency market has shaped up and also the pandemic situation. Um, you know, we don't ever really know how much of an effect that has, but you know, maybe it has a little bit of effect on the craziness we're going to see, but you know, you also have to feel that free agency is going to be so ignited up just because of the, the talent and anticipation for the draft this year too. I feel like there's just so much going around this off season that's, it's having an effect on everything. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, it doesn't really surprise me. I think a lot of what, when, you know, when we talk about a massacre, we're going to be seeing like a lot of movement as far as trades and everything like that, but also a lot of player cuts, you know, the NFL is going to have pro I mean, the, we still don't even know the cap number right now, which is a little bit concerning. Um, but I know that it is better than expected. And especially with all these new TV deals, uh, the NFL is doing, I mean, they're talking about right now, Amazon potentially getting, uh, some exclusive rights for prime members uh, wow. to be watching Thursday night football on, which is going to be a massive deal. Yeah. All that stuff gets shared with the teams that revenue and that could potentially change cap numbers, you know? So we might actually see a compensation that we didn't expect, but a lot of veteran movement, a lot of players are going to be cut from their team. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Bears players cut by this team. Uh, it, it's just going to be an absolute <laughs> nightmare for players, unfortunately. But uh, as a fan, something that's kind of fun to watch. I'm most interested in really seeing what the Bears do with Akeem Hicks. I, I could potentially see them moving on from him. And I'm also interested to see what players are willing to take a pay adjustment from the bears willing to, you know, take less of a cap hit in order to stay with the team. Yeah, no, that's going to be major. I mean, all the contending teams, you know, they honestly have players that are basically restructuring their deals every off season to allow themselves to contend and add new players. And it's going to be something that, you know, probably more and more teams need to do this offseason, especially the Bears, you know, who are looking to, you know, mm -hmm. Nagy and Pace are looking to save their jobs. So they're going to need to be major players. And, you know, the Bears seem to be connected to just about everything this offseason. And for good reason, you know, they're a pretty desperate team right now. And, and other teams know that. And, you know, just league-wide, it's, it's going to be super interesting. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of cuts. Mm -hmm. And, and it, overall, it's a good thing. You know, when talent like this moves around the league, it really kind of helps reshuffle the pack a little bit. You know, we'll probably get some new... Ride. I mean, we do see this every NFL season where, you know, we see new teams in the playoffs, you know, mixing it up. That's fairly common. But, you know, some of the talent around the league is going to be redistributed a little bit. You know, there's some good receivers other than Allen Robinson that are going to be in the free agency market like Godwin. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Corey Davis, you know, there's some intriguing names out there, possibly Kenny Galladay. There's a lot going on and it's, it's going to be fun to cover as far as the news. Um, you know, I guess we already have had some news as far as the JJ Watt situation. I'm not sure if we're going to hear too much more before that deadline actually opens up. I'm sure we'll hear a couple notable players, you know, make some noise, but you know, everything in this offseason has been kind of early, so I wouldn't be surprised if we end up getting, you know, drama earlier than we expected, but mm -hmm. we're still kind of waiting for it right now. Yeah, I'm really interested also to see if there's any good, is there, if there's going to be any trade resolutions um, before the opening of free agency, as we saw last year with DeAndre Hopkins getting traded right at the opening of the new league year. Um, stuff like that, you know, Stefan Diggs too, really early on. I think we might see a little bit of movement there. The funny thing is for the Bears, a player that I think a lot of fans were looking at the Bears to cut or potentially restructure is Jimmy Graham because he carries like a $10 million cap hit. But now supposedly everyone's saying that Jimmy Graham is one of the lead members of the team who is trying to convince Russell Wilson to come to Chicago. So I don't know if that's going to be the best decision. And I don't, that sole thing might in fact keep him playing on that pretty bad contract 
you know, he's good friends with Wilson from, you know, I'm sure everyone remembers Graham back when he was with the Seahawks. Yeah. You know, that might not be the best idea to cut Russell, Russell Wilson's friend when you're trying to lure him to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely seen those reports too. And, you know, like you said, maybe that could very well keep his spot on the team. And, you know, I, I guess if he can perform like last year and also bring in Russell Wilson, then sure he can stay around. I mean, that would, that would be definitely worth it then to to take that hit, even though it's not the greatest contract. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's those kind of like outstanding scenarios that really make everything interesting too. Because I, I do feel a little bit that maybe not Deshaun Watson as much. I think Deshaun Watson really does want to get out of there, but I also think Russell Wilson kind of has his own motivations to kind of ruffle some feathers with the Seahawks and, and kind of make people a little bit on edge. And I think it's just because mm-hmm. he wants a little bit more not attention in a bad way, but attention to kind of just be like, Hey, like I need the support to, to go out there and put us ahead. And, you know, maybe he's at the point in the career where he honestly doesn't mind a change of scenery because of how the Seahawks have been over the past couple of years. But I, I think he'd still be fine with playing there. So I, I don't think we can bank on Wilson moving, but there's also is still that chance. I mean, there's that possibility and we always entertain options like Sam Darnold and Marcus Mariota. And I bring up Teddy Bridgewater and, I think those that's because they're the most likely candidates. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I said that I don't think there's any chance that Russell Wilson is coming here because there's just been enough signs that have pointed to us that at least there's that chance. I don't think it's likely, but yeah, it, it at least is on the table. And just all these different scenarios are really shaking things up. I'm willing to believe that if Russell Wilson is traded, which... You know, originally I was thinking was a non-zero. It was really like a uh, like a zero percent chance. Now I'm thinking it's it is non-zero, so it might be. You know, I'd probably put it like twenty percent chance, maybe. Um, I feel like if it wasn't bad, they wouldn't be taking it so public, and also the Seahawks taking it public as well, saying that they aren't. You know, the Seahawks are, are, are not kind of like the Texans where the Texans have been like super like, no, Deshaun Watson's not getting traded. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks have not really shot down anything in particular when it comes to trading Russell Wilson. I don't necessarily believe that there is a non-zero chance or that there is a 0% chance that it'll happen. But here's the, here's the thing is I... Let, let's go ahead and formal, form, formally, geez, move on to the Russell Wilson topic um, really quickly just to update our listeners. He said that he would only play for four teams if he was traded. The Cowboys, Raiders, Bears, New Orleans Saints. The Cowboys have made it clear that they are not interested in him. So have the Raiders who have really doubled down saying that they want to extend their car to an extension. The Bears though, have reportedly continuously reiterated interest in Wilson. Uh, and the Saints supposedly are somewhat interested as well, but there's not a whole bunch of understanding whether or not he could fit under the cap. And then also the situation with Drew Brees, we'll, we'll, that we'll get into in a minute. Um, here's the thing is like, I think that if Russell Wilson is traded, I think he will be traded to the Bears. But the question of if he will be traded is such a, such a big question and it's probably such a small percentage chance that he will that I don't feel like it's like a viable option to be really considering right now yeah it's really odd because they're probably the front runners in a very you know like you said low percentage trade scenario I mean I think like you said clearly I mean clear front runners in my opinion yeah I mean 
John Gruden and the rest of that rate, or not John Gruden, Mike Mayock, you know, basically implied that John Gruden would be more than happy with extending Derek Carr and has been happy with his performance. And, you know, oddly enough, the Bears are kind of the lead runner because they have been so adamant about mm-hmm. calling and, and, you know, trying to bring in Wilson. So, yeah, I don't think the Bears can really bank on it. It, it is it is extremely interesting, though, because you have to think about the possibility of this. You know, maybe the Seahawks look, you know, they're obviously going to get a lot of draft co- capital if, you know, the Bears have to trade for Russell Wilson. And if they really want to make a push up to the top of the draft, maybe if they're thinking, you know, they're in the place to be building for a few years down the road. I mean, maybe they mm-hmm. need to kind of tear things apart a little bit to put it back together. And they think that, you know, maybe once it's all put back together, Maybe Russell Wilson, he's taken a few too many hits already. You know, maybe he's going to be a little banged up at that time. And they don't want to be caught up in a situation like the Steelers where they're hanging on for a, a mm-hmm. quarterback for, you know, the extra couple of years. Maybe they're trying to get ahead of the curve here. So, you know, those possibilities are always open. And the Bears can't close the door on it. And I think as fans, we can't really bank on him coming here. But you kind of have to get to a point where it's like this this team does need to make a decision what they're going to need to do about it because they can't let this go on forever. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually they do need to get this quarterback. So, you know, at some point the Bears really need to turn up the dial if they are uh, seriously interested about bringing him in. Here's the thing as well with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a very non-traditional team. Like they they do things very differently than a lot of other NFL teams. Pete Carroll is pretty much, you know, he's like the monarch of the team, right? Like he, he is a, a absolutely complete, he, he has no one to look over him. You know, he is the GM, he makes the personnel moves and you can look back at it and say that, Hey, like a lot of these draft picks that he's made hasn't really worked out too well. Um, a lot of the decisions he's made haven't worked out too well. And also, on the other hand, the Seahawks are also super obsessed with kind of trying to stay over, like ahead of the curve when it came to like Earl Thomas releasing him. Uh, players like that who they who people they kind of believed that they might have had a couple of years left in them. They have decided to let go a little bit early, um, and you know. With the Seahawks, they've obviously been a successful team, but again, Pete Carroll is the head guy. And when football coaches run the organization, football coaches do not like dysfunction and they do not like to be questioned. And from what it sounds like, Russell Wilson has been directly questioning Pete Carroll and a lot of what he wants to do on offense. And Russell Wilson is not happy about it either. He's been going on the news talking about how how many times he's been sacked in his career, how many times he was sacked last year, placing blame on the Seahawks roster as a whole. I can tell you right now, Pete Carroll does not like that. And, you know, kind of when you talk about that whole Bill O'Brien situation with the Texans, it's kind of a similar situation when you draw comparisons of head coaches being of control of the roster. Yeah, didn't the Cleo Mack trade literally go right in like as soon as Gruden became, you know, coach there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it definitely seemed like maybe he had a hand in, in getting that deal yep. put through. I mean, very much when you let the football guys be in charge, they are going to make probably a lot stronger of decisions, a lot more aggressive decisions than a lot of emotional GMs moves would do. And, you know, maybe emotional moves aren't always bad. You know, like you said, I mean, 
you know, someone like Richard Sherman, who's had a bit of a career after he's left them. I mean, could the Seahawks mm-hmm. have used him for a couple of years? Yeah, sure. But it's not really something that ultimately ended up killing. I mean, their defense is atrocious, but it's not like you're like, oh, man, if they still had Richard Sherman, they, they'd be over the top. Like every now and then those kind of aggressive moves do pay off and, and you know, helps you you know, stay in decent cap situations. I'm not exactly sure where the Seahawks are at. Maybe they could be in a very poor situation. But, you know, when you're cutting, you know, veteran players and replacing them with younger players, it's certainly going to work out in your favor. So, yeah, I mean, you never know. You can never really quite seal off this door and say it's impossible. Because like you said, I mean, Pete Carroll could wake up one day and be like, you know what? I can do it without him, you know? And if I can get yeah. this bevy, if I can get this haul and, and help try to rejuvenate this team, get some fresh blood in, why not? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like when football coaches control the roster, they make a lot of emotional moves. And, you know, again, sometimes they yield better results. I mean, we've seen Bill Belichick. He won God knows how many Super Bowls with the Patriots. What was it? Six? I believe. Yep. So yeah, six six Super Bowls and he was primarily the the coach. But from what I've heard from a lot of people who you know are in the Seahawks organization and everything like that, it, it seems like the general sentiment is that it's either going to be Russell Wilson or it's going to be Pete Carroll. And guess what? <laughs> Pete Carroll doesn't have a boss in the Seattle Seahawks organization. And Russell Wilson's boss is Pete Carroll. So it, it, it seems like even if fire himself. <laughs> yeah, even even if you would rather have Russell Wilson than Pete Carroll, the power dynamics don't necessarily show that that will likely be the case. Um, but ultimately, I mean, God, if this Bears team got Russell Wilson, I'd be over the moon excited about this. I mean... You know, the day he walks in, he's like already the best quarterback to ever lace it up for the team. And, you know, not even not even a debate. Yeah. (laughs) Not even a remotely close debate. (laughs) How could you not be excited? I mean, he is someone he has taken a lot of hits. I mean, maybe he's not coming in 100 percent of who he's been. But, man, I mean, just to have a quarterback of that caliber on the team would be would be crazy. And. You know, coming into the season, you'd have to kind of be like, oh, man, it just feels good to have this amount of hope. <laughs> it would be oh, yeah. absolute insane. I'm sure we'd be making, if Russell Wilson ends up being the quarterback, we're probably going to have way too lofty of expectations for this team. But, you know, I, I feel like there's going to be a good amount of excitement. Hey, you know, now that I can talk about, you know, gambling and stuff on the podcast, man, it, if, the, if, the Bears, <laughs> if the Bears land Russell Wilson, I'm going to put, like a good hundred dollars on the bears winning the super bowl next year just for myself you know <laughs> just for my own sake <laughs> hey man i mean you never know if if they were ever going to make a run with someone you know why not him i mean he's definitely probably mm-hmm. you know deshaun watson or him would give you the best chances of what you could technically get what's technically out there on the market so and, and really quickly, before we actually talk about Deshaun Watson, give me really quickly, Watson or Wilson? That's tough. I, I think I go Watson just because mm-hmm. if, if we're going to play the ideal game here and it's going to be like, all right, you're going to take your two pick. Both of these are going to cost a lot. I'd say Watson just for the sheer longevity 
of it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my thought. The long, the longevity is what is the main seller there. You know, if it was just like a one year shot though, you know, it it would change it a little bit. I would probably be like, ah, you know, maybe Wilson would give you that better run. But when you're looking at the long term scope and you have to, when you're giving up that big of, you know, what it's going to be, you know, you'd have to go with Watson. Yeah, Wilson, I mean, he's been to multiple Super Bowls, 1-1. Watson is a great player, longevity speaking. It's not even close. I mean, it's going to be like – I mean, Wilson's 33, so he's eight years older than Watson. Um, The hard thing with Watson, though, I feel like Wilson is not going to come with any controversy, but if Pace trades for Watson, it's going to be like – well, look at what he just gave up to draft a guy he could have drafted originally, which is going to be yeah. such a and, – and it's irrational to talk like that because, hey, at the end of the day, you know, sunk cost theory, you can't be talking about stuff that happened in the past. You should only be operating on what is available to you right now. But Wilson, I think in Pace's mind, he would probably rather have him for that reason. Um, but with Watson – Man, a, a good amount of, mo- of moves came out, actually. Jeff Darling was uh, reporting that uh, about the Bears, really uh, a lot of interest that they have in Watson. And he was specifically saying that the Texans are really in a position where if they wanted to, they could really take advantage of the Bears and get a full, a really a big load. And he, f- he feels like if the Texans turn down the Bears, who are really in the most desperate scenario right now, they would probably regret it in the future. And then that also came with a secondary report that there's a team reporting reportedly to have offered the Texans two full drafts as an offer for Deshaun Watson, leading many to speculate that it's probably the Chicago Bears, um, considering that they probably couldn't compete with some of the offers from teams in the AFC. Again, I'm going to be I'm going I'm to stand pretty firm. I don't think Watson's going to the AFC. Um, so saying essentially that the Bears would, would need to overcompensate for that and thus trading full drafts as an offer might be a decent situation. Um, so, Reese, my question is, what, what is your take on the possibility that the Chicago Bears could have two full drafts on the table for Deshaun Watson? I mean, it's insane. <laughs> you know, there's no there's no other way around trading, you know, two full drafts. I mean, you want to talk about mortgaging a lot of, you know, potential future picks there. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. And I do not. There's no way ownership would let that fly. I mean, if this is the Bears, I'm like, wow, like the McCaskies are, are off their meds or something, you know, like <laughs> what's going on? This is very, you know, not on par for what they like to do, but you know, I would say this, you know, I can't say that I've, I've been begging for the bears to get a good quarterback for a long time and say that, you know, right. You know, a franchise quarterback is invaluable. You give up anything. So you really can't double back on that. Right. So I'd have to say that, you know, I would be happy with bringing in Watson, but I'd look at the price tag and cringe a little bit. You know, I'm not going to lie that if you're trading up that many assets, you're just asking for something to go wrong, right? Like it's just you're leveraging so much, so much <laughs> that you, you just have thing. to hope that the payoff is is the jackpot scenario. Here's what I I actually kind of like about this, rather than 
the traditionally reported like three first round picks in Roquan Smith that a lot of people are thinking that it would cost for Watson. This Bears team realistically is about two years before it ages out of relevance. You know, Khalil Mack is 30, just turned 30. Happy birthday, Khalil Mack. And he he is get, <laughs> he's getting older every single day. And the Bears, unfortunately, are in a situation where they might, in fact, be looking at a young quarterback rather than being able to find a, you know, a name out there of relevance. Here, here's how I think about it. If you put Watson on this team, you're at least getting two Super Bowl runs and by like not not going to the Super Bowl, but like a shot at a Super Bowl. And then after those two drafts are after those two years are over and the team needs a little bit of rebuilding, fuck it. You 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 have your entire drafts back. And Watson's only like 27. You know? It, it's like even if everything goes terribly, Matt Nagy gets fired, Ryan Pace gets fired. These next two years, the Bears are the worst team in the NFL. After that, you have a 27-year-old Deshaun Watson just entering his prime and all your draft capital. I'd gamble on that. It, it's it's a lot to wage. I mean, I tell you what. I, I think that, you, obviously, you get your guy, right? But, man, for those couple of years, they end up in cap hell. <laughs> I mean, they'd have to become the best team in the league at finding undrafted free agents because you wouldn't cut those cheap rookie deals. Um, you know, they'd have to manage a lot. They'd have to be very diligent in the front office and also try to find ways that, like you said, if you're going to go for those first two Super Bowl run seasons, find ways to still load up. Because if you're going to go for it, you know, you don't want to do it half-assed. You want to give mm-hmm. it a full, righteous go. So it's going to, you know we'd turn a lot into like what the Rams look like where every season they are trying to load up and get at their best go. But you know, Hey, at least the Rams are, you know, mixing it up a decent bit. And even with Jared Goff, they were, you know, contending within their division. That's, you know, pretty competitive. So I don't know, you know, take it as you will. I think that, you know, a lot of fans are going to say that's way too much. And I would say, you know, I'd probably be inclined to agree then I'd say, hey, you what? You know, at least at the end of the day, you're gonna be getting you know something great back in return, and you just have to hope mm-hmm. that you know the Bears just it, by whatever is in the stars, whatever it means for the Chicago Bears to not have a great quarterback. And I know all the Jim Jim McMahon people are going crazy right now. The Bears have had a great quarterback, and he <laughs> his career was ended you know by the Packers when he was thrown on on his head. And I get that you know <laughs> Jim McMahon was a great quarterback, but. You know, for the Bears to have their franchise quarterback like Deshaun Watson would be surreal. So, I don't know. I guess the Bears are going to have to give up a lot, and, you know, it's going to be tough to swallow either way. All the Bears McManiac fans out there are are throwing a glass at the wall from what you just said, Reese. Yeah, right. they are, they're so frustrated that you don't believe in the punky QB, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know again guys Jim McMahon he was a good quarterback Pro Bowl quarterback uh, but come on we have had nobody absolutely nobody I mean people still bring up Sid Luckman <laughs> people still bring up a quarterback that God knows 
I don't know if anybody's li- anybody listening to the podcast even watched him ever in their lifetime. Sheesh. Probably, uh, you know, if they listen to this podcast, probably not. <laughs> th- that's sad. You know, that, that, that sucks, you know. Um, but we have to change the bar in Chicago. <laughs> we have to change. We have to take it from like a, a, a three at quarterback. We have to take that up to like a six or a seven if we ever want to achieve anything. Yeah. Right. We need someone that can beat Trubisky's team <laughs> high you know, historic passer rating as he is the highest rated passer in Bears history. <laughs> when when has a team ever I really I really want to look I really want somebody <laughs> to look this up and DM, DM it to us on Instagram. When has a team ever given up the quarterback who beat all of their passer ratings after his rookie contract? I, I'm willing to bet that nobody has done that. And all the Mitch Trubisky truthers on our podcast are like, I'm telling you, he yeah. should have kept him. It's like it's like the the narrative of some sick movie, you know? It's like he was cut even though he was historically the team's <laughs> best player ever at that position. Like, oh, it, man. It, it it really is. And and like I could eat the sad part is is like if Mitch Trubisky goes on and like wins a Super Bowl, bro, Dude, the amount of the amount of movies that will be made about the Bears giving him up after he beat all of their passer rating is, is gonna go. It, it, it's a narrative that will never stop selling in Chicago. You know, it, yeah. It, it almost like the Bears like passing on Patrick Mahomes. That that will be the new thing. Yeah, but. You know, he already, he already moved to Florida, apparently. He's living with a guy from Barstool now, I think. Um, they they're just they just moved down to Florida. He's like, I'm getting out of this Chicago place. I want to go back to the warmth. Yeah. You know, hey, kind of understand that. I can't blame him. <laughs> or actually, I, yeah, actually, I, I shouldn't even speak right now. Reese, how, how do you feel about it? Oh, I mean, about him leaving because of the weather? I mean... That's fine. We're, we're going to be living it up, though, with possibly some 50-degree temperatures this next week, so it's going to be damn near summer. Oh, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty cold in California here today, actually, but uh, we Ooh. don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, so with our final topic, we're just going to get into it really quickly. Drew there's Brees. a lot of rumors. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors circulating that Chargers great Drew Brees yeah. may not, in fact, be retiring. Uh, he, he posted a video of him working out. He was actually working out with Chase Daniel, funny enough, uh, <laughs> down in San Diego. Um, I believe they're, they both live in Del Mar, San Diego, which is, you know, a really nice place. Um, so anyways, they, they were working out. Uh, he was, you know, and, and he wasn't just working out, lifting some weights, you know, he was pushing the sled. Uh, he, he was, he was, he was really going at it. You know, he's up. like four. Yeah, he was gearing up, and a lot of people are saying, hey, 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 we we thought that Drew Brees was going to retire. And now he's posting all these workout videos. A retirement announcement hasn't came. What could potentially be happening? The weird thing contradicting this as well is that Sean Payton has publicly in the past said that Drew Brees' last year with the Saints was this year as well. So a lot of people are thinking there may potentially be a scenario where Drew Brees 
goes to another team. And we all know how much Ryan Pace is absolutely in love with Drew Brees from his time with the <laughs> New Orleans Saints, right? He always talked about Drew Brees. Drew Brees is probably honestly the reason why Mitchell Trubisky was drafted by Ryan Pace was because there was a lot of Drew Brees comparisons when it came to Mitchell Trubisky. So Ryan Pace continued to further this speculation in his press conference by saying, you know, there's a lot of options on the table that the media isn't talking about. So a lot of Bears fans are instantly like, who could this be? And, you know, I'm going to lay it out right now. I think there's a chance Drew Brees could be under center for the Bears next year. And I personally wouldn't even like that. Personally, yeah. I, I, I would not like that. I think that, you know, at the age of 40, was he 43 now? Drew Brees, he he played he played decent last season, but he's not going to help us move towards our long-term goal of finding a franchise quarterback. I would much rather see the Bears go out and trade two drafts for Deshaun Watson than get one to two years, maybe, if we're lucky, of Drew Brees. Yeah, I think he's working on hardcore. He's going to get in the WWE, man, just like Gronk did right when he retired. <laughs> that, that's his yeah. next stuff. But in all this is next in all <laughs> my seri- journey. Yeah, my journey. In all seriousness, I mean, it would make so much sense though. As someone that could it very would. well be playing in their last year. I mean, I was certain that he was gonna retire at the end just based off the body language, everything. But hey, maybe maybe he was so shooken up because he is leaving as a saint and he wasn't leaving the league. I mean mm-hmm. it's very possible, or maybe it isn't any of that and it's just speculation now, but Hey, it would make a lot of sense for a team, for a coaching staff and GM that are looking to prove themselves in a a kind of one-year scenario. And, you know, bringing someone like Drew Brees to possibly give them their best possible result. I could see it. I could very well see it. I, you know, counter to you, I think I'd be kind of happy. But I'd also realize that this man's arm strength has really fallen off. Uh, He can't quite... um, you know, sling it as well as he used to. And, you know, I think his performance is going down a bit, but no question, you know, he still has that great football IQ. Uh, I don't think he has a, a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady level football IQ, but, you know, he is certainly one of the greats. I think he has had a Hall of Fame career. I mean, some people will, you know, question that, but, you know, he's been yeah. behind a lot of the league's best offenses in the past. So, it would be interesting to bring in, and I think, you know, it kind of lines up in an interesting way for the Bears in their current scenario. You know, it kind of would make sense, as I think he would give us a lot of clarity as to where this franchise is, you know, and he would also give us, like, one last ride with that defense that we have, and, you know, hopefully some sort of rejuvenation with a new scheme and everything. You know, the more you talked about it, you kind of convinced me. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. you kind of, you you kind you kind of made me buy into the idea a little bit more. Because, hey, let's say you do that. A, he, you're probably gonna get him for next to no cap hit, like very little cap hit. Okay, you're also not gonna have to give up any draft capital to get him because if the Saints get rid of him, then he he's. He, they're probably going to cut him. They're not going to trade him. Yeah. Just also partially out of respect to him, what he's done for the franchise, winning a Super Bowl, especially like right after Katrina hit New Orleans, which was 
awful, you know, absolutely terrible. Um, you know, it was kind of like a story. It, it, it was a really good story. And that, you know, I think NFL films has even done a, a good amount of work on that as well. Um, I think what I'd like about it is it would give us a little bit more clarity as to Ryan Pace as a GM and Matt Nagy as a head coach. You know, I think having that clarity going forward post next season will give fans a lot of faith in the franchise. Also, we would be able to keep all of our draft picks. So, I mean, you're talking about maybe adding a really good offensive lineman, maybe even trading up in the draft to get like a really good wide receiver, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle potentially, you know, some people are saying Devontae Smith might fall. You know, we don't really know who's going to be available, but really good guys. Kadarius Tony from Florida, who's just an absolute stud. Um, you know, it, it's a it's an intriguing option you know it's an intriguing option but then again the saints have had drew Brees at quarterback for god knows how long at this point and they've only done it once so what makes us believe that this bears team could do any more than what drew Brees was able to do with the saints yeah in regards to you know if if Brees could legitimately bring us to the super bowl I don't know, but you have to figure that at least does give you a shot. And like you said, you know, maybe he's one of the more efficient options out there. You know, I mean, maybe they could get him for a decent price, not have to give up too much. I mean, technically he's a free agent, so you, I mean, how does that work though? Actually, he's not, right? Because he's 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 not a free agent. He's not a free agent. He is technically under contract with the Saints, but I just cannot foresee a scenario where he gets traded because I don't even think he'd have that much trade value to begin with. Yeah. And then also on top of that, like he has done so much for the franchise, kind of like with Tom Brady, where you almost think that they'd probably let him walk. He he could have a Kurt Warner kind of like season, you know, because I feel like Kurt <laughs> Warner kind of had like that, like one year with Arizona where he put it all on the line, got him to mm-hmm. that Super Bowl. He's possible of that, you know. It, I, I think Definitely. that he could possibly pull it out of the bag, but he is certainly, certainly not playing his best football anymore. I want to make sure that I'm saying that clearly, that the Bears are not getting prime Drew Brees in any sense of the word. But, you know, at least he's someone that brings in that winning mentality, and he could just be, you know, like you said, Ryan Pace is in love with Drew Brees, and he could be the exact person that, you know, he's like, I need my job saved. I need to call him the super superhero that is Drew Brees. I need to call the greatest quarterback of all time, Drew Brees. I mean, hey, it wouldn't it wouldn't look awful him wear, him wearing a Bears uniform. You know, it wouldn't look awful. No, and it if Drew Brees joined the team, I would still be very concerned with the team's future. But I would at least know that next season is going to be a pretty fun season, like a damn fun season. You know, it'd be fun like to cover. I would, yeah. Yeah, it would be to cover for sure, <laughs> you know, like it's either going to be him like hitting a brick wall and going downhill or like, hey, Drew Brees is doing pretty damn good. Um, it's an intriguing storyline. It's going to make doing this podcast a little easier than selling this selling the team on Marcus Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. You know, give our pitch. It'll be a little bit easier to have someone that's got that great resume in their career so far. And, you know. It'd be pretty interesting to watch, you know, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers go at it twice a year. 
uh, you know, I, especially I, out in the elements too. I mean, I know that'd be another concern that Bears fans would have with Drew Brees is that he, he's a dumb oh, quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is a dumb quarterback. Maybe that whole Arlington horse track uh, no. storyline is going to get revitalized. <laughs> maybe they could build that. Maybe they could build it in a couple months if we yeah, right? put all of our efforts into it. We'll get the players out there and everything. We'll we'll, we'll have uh, Virginia out there, you know, hammering and, and doing everything to build the fr- build the stadium as well. It'd be worse um, chaos than SoFi Stadium, where I mean, <laughs> that was hey, not good. <laughs> Hey, at least they helped bring in those new cool Madden camera angles that they incorporated recently. You know what? You're right. <laughs> it's all worth it. But, you know, that's, I mean, that's it for all the topics. Um, I'm really excited to continue to see this Bears quarterback situation play out. The more I think about it, the more I realize how boring it would have been if we would have just gotten Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, like the intrigue is completely gone. And it's such a, it's a position that carries so much weight that you just cannot you it, it will completely impact the franchise whoever this next quarterback is. So, you know, hopefully we get it right. History will tell us that we won't, but <laughs> we can still have that hope. Yeah. Um and I, I think that's about it. Any any last things to say, Reese? No, I mean, hopefully we'll see what news we get out this next week. I mean, it could still be kind of slow going but that franchise tag deadline does come up on the 9th of march so mm-hmm. expect to hear some things before then yeah this, this next coming week uh when we release an episode there won't be a whole ton of news presumably unless some sort of drastic trade but next week after that i mean we're it, it's it's almost like we're gonna maybe have to alter the podcast release schedule because free agency opens on Wednesday. So we might need to leave yeah. an extra day just to see what they do, but we'll, we'll let you guys know about that. Uh, you know, we'll come to that decision very shortly, but thank you guys so much. Um, we appreciate your support. Please check out Manscaped code bear necessities, 20% off free shipping again, supports the podcast tremendously. Um, you know, they also have face shaving stuff and like, as we said previously, nose hair trimmers and everything like that. Um, so we would really, really appreciate it if you checked it out. Also, we haven't really talked about this recently, but if you're listening right now, please leave us a rating and review in Apple podcasts, a five-star rating, hopefully, (laughs) um, that also helps us out like tremendously. Like you guys wouldn't even know we've had 14 people so far do it, um, you know, roughly, you know, a a small percentage of listeners actually do it. And if we, you know, if you leave a written review, uh, sometimes they take a little bit of time to pop up, but once they pop up, we're definitely going to give you a shout out on the podcast. So uh, make sure you do that. Yeah. Thank you guys very much for listening and uh, bear down. Bear down guys.